Okay, I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. Ready to go. I hear there's going to be a fire. Hey, Ed, I, I know some of you are probably thinking, yeah, there's going to be a fire tonight over at, at Steve's place, uh, Steve and Rachel's place tonight, food's at five and all that kind of stuff. No, I'm not talking about that. There's another fire coming. It, it, it's coming really, uh, really soon here. Let me see if I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm ready. Are you guys ready for the fire that's coming? Uh, it's, here, here's the thing. Here, here's, here's what's going to happen. Ugh. Suddenly, there's going to be a trumpet blast. That's the first thing you're going to hear. It, it's not going to be quite like a fire siren that you hear, but it, it's going to be a trumpet blast, all right? And we're going to be caught up together with Christ in the air. And in this rapture, suddenly we find ourselves in the presence of Christ, which will be pretty cool. And there will be what we had hoped for, or at least hopefully what we've been waiting for. And in that moment, probably like most everyone, as it says, it will happen one day that our knee, just like every knee, will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord in that moment. And after some time of joy in, in worship, we might be thinking, hey, he's going to lead us in to our heavenly home. Right? Here you are. Welcome to your heavenly home. That's something that going to happen. But, but in that moment, Jesus says, um, before you take a look at your house here in heaven, uh, you and I need to go take a look at your house while you were on this earth. In that moment, you might be thinking, man, I wish I'd done the dishes. Uh, or, uh, you know, or, uh, or, or, or vacuum. You might be thinking that. I never think that. But, you know, <laughs> he might be thinking, yeah, I wish I'd done that. Like Jesus is like, he says, no, 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 not. I'm, we're not going to look at your house in Pennsylvania where you lived. We, I want to look at the house that your life built. Your house life, so to speak. And suddenly there it is, right there, where, where Jesus and I are. There's sort of the life house of what's been my life. And, and it's there. And they're thinking, okay, well, I guess ready to go in for inspection. And Jesus says, hold, hold just one second. And suddenly there's this big sound. A flash of light and a big fire. And uh, it doesn't look so good. Ah. What's weird is that even though there was this huge fire so hot, it was a good thing that I was dressed appropriately, right? You know, uh, although you don't have to worry, even if it singes your eyebrows, 
we're going to be getting a new body right after that anyway, so we'll be okay. Um, have you ever thought about whether your new body will look like mine? So here we are. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of, the fire down, died down quickly. And at that moment, she says, okay, now we can look at your house. Now we can look at your life. Let's walk through and see what's left. What's left? What just happened? And Jesus, matter-of-factly, says, well, welcome to your own personal judgment day. You knew this was going to happen, didn't you? You knew it was coming, right? And maybe some of us are saying, wait, 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 a judgment day? But we're Christians. I I didn't think that as Christians we're going to be judged. And Jesus says, well, that's not true. And I told you in my word. In fact, in this moment, let's just turn there to the passage of today, the main passage, so to speak, where that presents this, and that is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Now, we'll be looking at another key passage with this, but if you would, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 9 and 10, uh, and as we often do, uh, the main passage is one I want you to be opening up and looking at. If you don't have your Bible with us, there are always Bibles available right back uh, uh, by the offering boxes a uh, place where we can bring our offerings and you can also grab a Bible. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due Him for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. I feel like we should just read, especially verse 10 again. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for things done while in the body, whether good or bad. The day of the Lord will come. The day of reckoning, if you will, for Christians. The judgment seat of Christ. When this will take place, it may not be exactly the way I said that, you know, we're raptured and then it's going to happen this and that, the actual when. That's really not what matters. What matters is it will take place. And the unfortunate fact is for some Christians, they're not looking forward to this, but this is what Jesus said was going to happen. There's a fire coming. Romans 14, 12, God says, So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Uh, Some might be thinking, okay, but but I thought since we're Christians, we don't have to worry about the judgment. We're already part of, of God's forever family. We're already going to heaven, and all of that is true. We will not have to worry about the final judgment determining our destination. It says so many places within the Word of God, like in Romans 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 1. Now there is, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. 
So when that fire, that day of fire comes, it will not be one of condemnation. It will not be judged based on our sins because Jesus has already judged for our sins. It, we don't have to worry that in that day of judgment for us as Christians and that day of fire, it will not be uh, to bring us punishment for our sins because Jesus already took that punishment for our sins upon the cross. So this is not the great white throne judgment at the end, you know, heaven or hell type of thing. We have, if you are a believer in Christ today, if you know Jesus as your Savior, if you have committed your life to Him and following Him as Lord, then we have been saved from the eternal fire that is to come. But we will still each face another fire as believers. The judgment seat of Christ. Or as some call it, the Bema. The, the Bema seat judgment, which comes really from the original Greek word that's used there in that passage. This will take place for every follower of Christ. There is no way to escape this judgment or avoid the fire that is coming to judge our life as Christians. It is our own personal judgment day. To say that, it means that it's not a day of judgment for everyone in the world. It's also to say it's not just a day of judgment for Christians in general, but that day will be very specifically personal for your individual life and how you lived in Christ. That is what we will be judged for. That is what the fire will judge as we stand before the Lord. So let's get our main question out for the day. The main thing in all of this. Are you ready for your own personal judgment day? Some might be thinking, I, I don't really know. Well, I think I am. No, no. I'm not asking, are you ready for the judgment day of whether you're going to heaven or hell? I'm asking, are you ready for the judgment seat of Christ and the fire that will come? Well, I, I'm, I'm not real sure how to answer that. Somebody might think, well, I want to help you with that today based on not only this passage, but we'll be looking at 1 Corinthians 3. By giving you two questions to answer that will help you answer this one. But first, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have this word, you have this plan. When we think about the end times and the very basics that we've been studying in all of this, we recognize that while you are coming to judge this world, Lord Jesus, you will come and judge each one of us as believers. And we want to be ready for that judgment day. So speak to us, Holy Spirit. Convict us, Holy Spirit. Move and, and, and help us to see that which is good and that which is not. And help us to see the changes that we need to make even now. To be ready for that day. We just commit ourselves to you. Speak, Lord. 
for your servants are listening. In your name. Amen. So here's the first question. Are we living a Christian life that will be fireproof or firewood? This is the question. Are we living a Christian life that will be fireproof or firewood? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 to 15. These are often passages that are together with one another. Obviously, the 2 Corinthians 5 passages, the overall passage talking about the judgment seat of Christ. This is what's going to happen. But here is this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10. <clears throat> By the grace of God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, someone else building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And if any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved but only as one escaping through the flames. We think about our life. Just imagine that, that picture of 1 Corinthians 3 right there. You, you, it's one of those you hear the, you know, kind of goes on. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, your life will be tested to see what remains. sound of fire our life as a building so to speak will be set ablaze tested tried and i began i talked about the fire watching our life go up and smoke reduced to ashes perhaps looking like there's not much left thinking what just happened here was my life everything that i've done it's 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 like gone it, it just it's gone to ashes and, and what have you done Jesus with my life and he says exactly that's what this is about what have you done with your life what have you done now let's keep in mind this is not about our salvation for our salvation is not something that we earn by what we do or by what's done, but this is about we will receive by what we have done in the body for what we have done as we live this life. But this is not about our salvation. We know that uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tell us very clearly that it is by grace that we have been saved through faith and this not from ourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Our salvation is a free gift, not by our works. That's not what's being judged here at this fire, judgment seat of Christ. And at, in verse 10, I just read Ephesians 2, 8, 9, which we read all the time in evangelical churches right you hear that but we don't read verse 10 with it which says for we are god's workmanship created in christ jesus to do good works which god prepared in advance for us to do 
You see, you put those together and we recognize that we are not saved by our works, but we are saved for good works. What we have done with our life that Christ has given us, we will be judged as Christians on. This is a test to see with what what we have done in our life produces that which is fireproof or that which is just firewood. 2 Corinthians chapter 5.10 that we began with makes it clear that everything will become clear on that day of judgment. It will all be revealed at the judgment of Christians. Some think that this is just about judging our Christian life. So they think there will be like this fire pit. You know, Jesus is going to judge our, 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 our Christian, you know, the, the, the spiritual part, the Christian part, the spiritual things. We're, we, got, we got these things we did, you know, we taught Sunday school perhaps for a little while. We did some other things for people we really helped, you know, and we, we got, you know, we're just going to kind of put all these things in the little fire pit and Jesus is going to start the fire and, and, you know, some of it might not turn out so great, but we, we're, we're thinking it'll be maybe okay. Should be should be fine, uh, as as far as that goes. It won't take long. In fact, maybe it'll be kind of like, you know, when people say your life flashes before your eyes. I, you know, maybe that'll be it. No. I think it'll take longer than a flash. You see, the judgment seat of Christ is not about judging our spiritual life. The judgment seat of Christ for on Christians is about judging our entire life. Every single second of every single day in every single way. Because that's what the Christian life is about. It's not about what happens on Sunday mornings. Or if you come on Wednesday or whatever it might be. Our Christian life is about every single second. Every breath. Every word, every work. And so it won't be some little campfire that you can roast marshmallows around that Jesus is going to build with our life. Rather, what's going to happen is it's going to be a bonfire. It's going to be a house fire. And in the end, what will be left after that fire, it will either be treasure or it will be tragic. It will either be something that is just firewood or fireproof. sense the firewood that which is bad that which is wood hay or stubble that which is worthless versus that which is worthwhile that is fireproof the gold the silver the precious stones that is talking about here in verses 12 and 13 in first corinthians 3 in verse 12 if any man builds on this foundation using gold silver costly stones wood hay or straw his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light It will be revealed with fire. The fire will test the quality of each man's work. For some Christians, their life really has become more focused in this world. 
And not just in this world here, but in their own little world. Some even try to make it about trying to get a hold of gold, silver, and precious stones that are on this earth and how they live their life. Unfortunately, all that stuff that we work towards and gain and and gather and and, um, put in our barns, so to speak, will one day themselves all be burned up. When we should be working for gold, silver, and precious gems right here on earth. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that when they take hold of that life that is truly life. Whatever we have, Whatever we have has been loaned to us for a limited time. And for most people, at the most, it's a 100 years or so or less, right? But what we did with what we were given will affect the next 10,000 years and more with Christ in eternity. It's not just our works, but it's our words that we will be judged, that we will have to give an account for. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. What? But, 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 but I didn't mean some of those things. It was just a slip of the tongue. You mean it was just a careless word? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, that's what you're going to be judged for. Yes. For careless, idle, unwise, unprofitable things. Yeah, but, 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 but I didn't mean those things when I said them. You know what? Jesus said in just a couple of verses before this verse that you see on the screen. In verse 34, Jesus says this. That the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. We can say we didn't mean, but it, Jesus said the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. This is why we're going to have to give account for every word that we speak. That is what makes the difference between our words being firewood or fireproof. It can be seen by how we live out verses like Ephesians 4, 20, or 4 verse 29. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And let's keep in mind here, in this judgment, what will be burned up, what is firewood, it is turned to ashes, will not be our sins. This is not about our sin. And whatever we did wrong, how sinful we may have spoken, That's not going to be included on our pile for the fire when Jesus judges our life as Christians. It's already taken care of. We really need to grasp this point. The wood, hay, and stubble that's mentioned here in this passage is not about our sin. This is about a life that has been built on the solid foundation of Jesus. What definitely makes it through the fire is the solid gold foundation of Jesus. That we all will be building upon. And there is not sin being built on the solid foundation of Jesus in the house of which we will be judged at the end. 
in the same token as we think through this. It may be that Jesus sees differently than we do. You might be thinking, oh man, all I see is ash. Listen, there are some things that actually might make it through the fire that we just didn't realize because Jesus judges on a different criteria. There are, there are those things that we didn't feel like we did much. I, 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 in fact, we kind of felt like I, I didn't do enough. But sometimes those things that were small make a big difference in someone's lives. You hear testimony after testimony of, uh, of things that happened to people that back in their life they were about ready to give up, not just give up, but end their life. And somebody did something small, somewhat seemingly meaningless, but caring in Christ towards them. And that was the thing that changed their, not just their life here on earth, but changed their eternity. There are those things that we tried to do that, that just didn't work out. The things that we were trying to do for God that were not successful. And so we feel like, well, that's just firewood. But that's not the way Jesus looks at it. You know, that person you tried to get through to, they tried to reach out and, and it just didn't work. You couldn't get. We see it as a failure, but Jesus saw it as faithfulness. Jesus saw what you were doing as a precious stone. The problem can be that we start comparing our Christian life with other Christians. <sighs> I, that, you know, I, I could never have the gold, silver, and precious stones like, like that person. I mean, that, that Christian, I mean, what they're doing, it's just not possible. Well, you know what? There are a lot of things that are like that. Think about the parable of the talents where Jesus talked about leaving and coming back and judging by what, by what you did with what you were given, right? Some were given two, some were given five, some were given ten. The person with two shouldn't feel like their life was worthless or failed or wasn't successful because they didn't get the same amount of stuff in their life uh, come about that the person with ten did. You had two. That's what God gave you. That's what he holds you accountable for. You had ten, you better know that you're going to be held accountable for that. We just need to grasp that a fireproof Christian is just an ordinary person empowered by an extraordinary God. The fire is coming. What will remain? Ashes or gold? Worthless or worthwhile? Will it be fireproof or firewood? Will it be the gold, silver, or precious stone? That 1 Corinthians 3 talks about. It depends on whether we've lived our, in many different ways. How about how we've lived out the top two priorities? What are the top two priorities for a Christian? Number one. Or not number one, but just top. I'm not going to put in number one, but top two priorities. One is the great commandment. The, and the other is the great commission. The great commission to go and to make disciples of all nations and the great commandment to love God and to love your neighbor. Not just to love those who are close to you or those you're responsible for, but to love, love those who are hard to love, to love even our enemies. In fact, Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, 
love your enemies, do what is good, lend expecting nothing in return, and then your reward, which we'll talk about in a little bit, then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because of that love, even to the enemies. What have we done with what God has given to us? And every one of us have been given something. We will be judged as believers for what we did with our time, our talents, and our treasure. We've all been given all of those things. We, if you are in Christ, you have been given a spiritual gift. All of that put together will determine whether it has fireproof or just firewood that comes out of our life. It will determine whether we get a, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's just our faithfulness and our, I don't think about our fruitfulness, but think about, uh, and, and fruitfulness, not in the sense of just production, but think about fruitfulness in the sense that each and every one of us, if you are a believer in Christ, have been given the fruit of the Spirit. So, did you build that life house out of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? We were given that. Not something we had to go find, we had to build up, manufacture. We are given that. And that is a part of what will either be firewood or fireproof in that day. Too often we define our Christian life based on how many times we said no to sin. Well, I didn't live a bad life thinking, you know, I didn't have much wood, hay, or stubble in my life. I, I wouldn't say I had wood, hay, or stubble, except that we also didn't have much gold, silver, or precious stones. You see, what matters is not just that we said no to sin, but whether we said yes to the Savior, how we followed in His footsteps, how we were led by the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our life each and every day. Uh, we can talk about how we, we want to know Jesus, how, how Jesus is the most important thing in our life. But when that day of fire comes and judgment upon Christians, we will see whether it was mostly talk and little walk or whether it was fireproof. We may have lived a good life, but did we live a God life? How do we serve God with our life every single day in His power, for His glory, fulfilling His will, word, building what lasts? Even those things that we say that we're doing good for others, even those religious things that good Christians do, did it glorify God? Did it glorify God? There's a sense that what is going to last, that which is fireproof, is not some good deeds done by some good person. This is not the Boy Scouts where you get merit badges at the end from Jesus. In a moment we're going to talk about what we get. This is about Christians getting rewarded for what? Unbelievers could not do. Not because of us, but because of Christ in us. For this to be good, it needs to be done in God. This is not just about whether you can say, I lived for others. But most of my life, I didn't live for myself. I lived for others. You know what? That's good. But the question about whether something's fireproof in the end will be, did you live for Jesus? Not just whether you live for others, did you live 
for Jesus. How many times do we say that our life is built upon the foundation of Jesus, but from that point on, our life is not built with Jesus? You know, and what we do, it's a cup of cold water, but it's a cup of cold water in Christ's name. It's good work done in Jesus, for Jesus, with His strength, for His glory. A fireproof life that makes it through the fire will be one that is on fire for Jesus. So are we ready for our own personal judgment day? That's the question. The next question that can help us answer that is, are we living a Christian life that will lead to reward or regret? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, our, our main talk of the judgment seat of Christ there, says, before the judgment seat of Christ, each one, everyone will come, will appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him. That each one may receive what is due him. Now, we could go different directions when we're talking about the word judge. There's that word judge thinking of condemnation or punishment. But there's also the word judge that deals with recognition and reward. That's part of what's taking place at the Olympics that perhaps some of you are watching. There are judges there. They're not there to condemn people. They're not there to put them in jail someplace. They're there to reward them, so to speak, to watch what's being done. And that's the picture of the judgment or the bema seat of Christ. It's likened to a raised platform in which judges watched. And then after the race was over, they presented the medals at the Olympics after the race is done. That's what's talked about even in the and pictured in second in uh, Second Timothy chapter four. I can see that's not what I have up on the screen. Uh, oh man, I don't think you can see what I have on the screen. That'll be interesting when we get to there. Second Timothy chapter four, verse seven and eight. I have fought the good fight, I finished the race. I have kept the faith. You hear that? It's the picture he's given. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. But there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. There was a sense in the games in those days, there was a prize awarded, a reward that was given, and many times that is pictured as a wreath, a garland that was placed upon the head of the winning athlete. And that's really God's plan and something different that he places on our head, so to speak, that he wants to give us. So are we ready for our own personal judgment day? Will that day be a place of reward or regret? A place where, as 1 Corinthians 3, verse 15 said that we read just a little bit ago, is a place where some will suffer loss. Yes, they'll be saved, but as one escaping through the flames... The flames will burn everything up, nothing left, nothing to show for our life before Christ. And there are some already in talking about this or looking back with great regret. With how you've lived your life as a Christian. You know you're going to heaven. I hope that you're able to know and have that assurance. If you don't, you need to speak to us about that. And show you what it talks about in the word and to make sure you're at where you should be at. But here's the thing, then to continue to live with regret is not what God planned for us. 
your personal judgment day, this is a newsflash, your personal judgment day hasn't happened yet. There is still time for you to build upon your life with gold, silver, and precious stones. There is still time for it to be a place of great reward for you. And I know that as we think about it, this whole reward thing is a a difficult concept. This reward thing, some people even wonder whether it's biblical. And that is the verses that I think are not actually going to show up on the screen. Um, And that's probably something I did. I will find out later uh, what happened. But let me just, I'll I'll just read them to you and uh, you can catch this uh, repeat, so to speak, on YouTube or on Facebook. And somebody said, is it really biblical even thinking about a concept of reward? We know that we're told that we'll not labor in vain and that each one of us knows that we'll reap what we sow. But there are other verses like Psalm 66, verse 12. As with you, Lord, is unfailing love, and you reward everyone according to what they have done. Matthew 16, verse 27 says, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Do you hear that? Again, he's talking about his, he's coming. He will reward. He will reward. Even you go to the very end in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. When we think about receiving rewards or prize, we tend to think in earthly, material kind of ways, gold, precious, uh, jewels, silver. That's not really what we're gaining. That's not what's going to matter then. It does say that, oh, that we will receive crowns. And let's just say this one might be just as bad. Yes, uh, there you go. I don't know where the baby, I didn't even have a baby picture, so I'm not sure where that came from. Ah, But here's the thing. The Bible says, that part of that rewards we'll get will be a crown. There are five that talk about the imperishable crown. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 and 25. The crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19. The crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4, 8. The crown of glory. 1 Peter 5, 4. And the crown of life. Revelation Something to keep in mind about living a life that will receive that reward is spoken of in James chapter 1 verse 12. He says this, God says this, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God promised to those who love him. There's a sense that that crown is given not just to those who are faithful, but those who faithfully continued, who persevered. Listen to me. You've made it this far. Are you hearing this? You've made it this far. Whatever you're feeling right now, there's some that might be here right now, don't quit now. Press on. Press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called you heavenward, as it says in Philippians chapter 3. Uh, but, but, but I don't deserve rewards for the way that I've lived my life. Guess what? We don't deserve salvation either. We don't deserve to get in heaven's door, let alone anything more. 
But he says he gives us a crown. How about a, a, a crown of righteousness? A crown of righteousness. Wait a minute. I mean, you've got you to ask some questions here. I thought our righteousness was filthy rags. How do we get a crown of righteousness? Our, our righteousness are, are, are filthy rags. I thought we didn't have any righteousness, that it was only Christ's righteousness that even got us in to begin with. And you know what? You would be right. Once again, we get rewarded for what Christ has done in our life, not for what we've done. Romans 8, verse 17, we are heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. It is Christ. For some, just being in heaven is enough to think about this whole rewards. I'm just happy being there. Hopefully it's not just I'm happy I'm not in hell kind of thinking. You know how some Christians live with the whole what's the least I can do and still get into heaven with a load of firewood and, uh, and regret. We don't want to get it that way. But we're living a Christian life that says, how far do I need to go to take up my cross and follow Jesus? For others, they would say, it's not just that I get to go to heaven that's enough reward. It's that I get to be with Jesus. A joy more wonderful than we can imagine. And, and, and now you're saying we get more rewards than that? We got Jesus. Why do we need more rewards? You know what? That's the way it works with God. We get so much more than we deserve, we could ever deserve. He gives us grace and then he gives us more. God's riches at Christ's expense. Why do we need rewards? You know, I, I think it's not necessarily about why do we need it. It's just the fact that God wants to give it. That God wants to give it to us. That's grace. And if we truly would start to understand what grace is, we would realize it doesn't make sense. Are you with me? His grace doesn't really make sense when we're trying to do it. Yes, ultimately our desire is not for the crown but for Christ. To live a life that continues to say thank you by how we walk and how we talk. To give back to the one who has given so much to us that we could never repay. That is what we're building in our life. But is it... It's never really about the actual reward, the crown, or whatever it is. I think about it this way. I remember as a, a young person, there's been other times, but I remember as a young person uh, entering uh, exhibits in the fair. And in those exhibits in the fair, I, I would get a, a prize. I, I, you know, not just, and it was special. It wasn't just that I won a prize against other young people. I put things in the category with adults. You know, I get a first place ribbon or a second place or a third place ribbon. But what was important was not that 50 cent ribbon. Not really. I, I, I mean, that might be in a box someplace. It might be, some who knows, in trash somewhere, right? That's not what was important was the actual ribbon that was given to me. It was what it represented. And it was from who it came from. So ultimately, it's not really about what we're given and our rewards. It's that fact that we were given it to begin with, a recognition that we are receiving it from Christ. 
And while a, a crown might sound fancy that we're getting crowns, that we may get crowns, so to speak, compared to what Jesus has done for our life and even just compared to Jesus in all his majesty right there, whatever crowns we have, I think you're just going to seem like paper Burger King crowns. You with me? And I, I, I'm not saying that we don't appreciate them. What I'm saying is that we will so appreciate Christ that those crowns won't really seem like much. But it's all we've got. And perhaps what will take place is that scene in heaven is Revelation chapter 4 where it talks about everyone, the elders and us laying down, bowing before Christ, before Christ and placing our crowns. We even sang songs about crowning him this day. Placing our crowns at Jesus' feet. The only thing that we take into heaven, you know, the only thing that we have in, in heaven, in our actual hands, that we can give in worship to Jesus is the rewards that we've been given. It's the only thing. If we've been given those rewards and not just found ourselves with regret. And if we're still having a problem trying to grasp about this gracious God giving us a reward, let, let's just throw another whole monkey wrench into all this to let you think about it at the end here. There's a sense that we are going to be judged, or more to the point, we're going to be rewarded for the things that we did that were fireproof that lasted. How is that possible? Was it because of our own self-effort? Was it because we were just really great Christians? No. Jesus said in John 15, apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So how is it possible that we could live a life that is fireproof, that we could do these things, that we could... How is it possible? It's not in ourselves, but it is what Jesus does in and through us. And so in other words, we are going to be rewarded when we get to heaven for things that Jesus did through us and in us. Not what we did in our own flesh as earthly humans, that it ultimately is wood, hay, and stubble, but that which has heavenly, eternal, gold, silver, precious stones to go in with it that came from God himself and his, that came from his strength, from his wisdom. The reason we are able to do that is because we, the branches, were connected to the vine as the picture goes in John 15. You see, the branches produce the fruit because they're connected to the root, not because they're great branches. Without the root, there is no fruit. When we get there, even now, to think our first and foremost responsibility in getting ready for our own personal judgment day is getting connected to the root that will produce fruit that will last, that will ultimately be, as Second Corinthians 5.10 says, the goal of our life to please the Lord. So when we get to that judgment seat of Christ, there are many that wish that you could have a do-over, that we could try again, and things done differently, as we talked about. But the past is gone. That is a part of what is in our house. And again, we're not talking about your sin. We're just talking about what we haven't. Really lived out for Christ and lived our life for Christ. The past is gone. That part of the building is already built. But you know what? The present is a gift, as they say. The present is a gift right now 
and you can change the future of your house and what it's going to look like at that trial by fire to start getting some fireproof things in your life even now. Ask that the worship team will come. That you would be ready for your own personal judgment day, ready for the reward, ready. Jesus says in Revelation 3, verse 11, I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that you so that no one will take your crown. In all this that we've talked about today, note this. This experience that we're talking about, what's going to happen is only for believers in Christ Jesus. Not just those who say it in name, but those who truly are. We've got to finish the race to get the prize. But perhaps there's some here today that are not even in the race. And that's important. Because that's a different judgment. Of eternity, heaven, and hell. I just want to encourage us to build our life upon the foundation that is Jesus Christ. And to build it with Jesus. Today, as we sing this prayer, so to speak, if that's something that you know that you need to recommit to. And maybe it's not that you weren't committed to it. It's just that you need to pick it up. You need to get more serious about this. You need to take up your cross and follow Jesus. I encourage you, Stephen, to come forward and kneel before him this morning right up here. Father, help us. As you've been working in us, Jesus, it is before you that we will all stand one day, but it is with you that we can stand there without regret and receive a reward. It is with you working in our life now that we can build a life that is fireproof and not one that is just full of firewood. Lord, help us to be ready. Let today be a step in that. Not just walk out of here like, okay, that was good. Or maybe not good. It doesn't really matter. This is your word. That we'd be ready for that judgment seat of Christ. Let it begin with a step today in what we build. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Jesus the name above every other Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you.
Jesus, a name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. ask that you would bow your heads for a moment with me. I want to ask you a question. How many of you here today would say you already knew about this judgment seat of Christ, this judgment of Christians? Would you just lift up your hand? I already knew about this. And there's some that didn't. Now, for those who just raised your hands, you already knew about it. How many of us would say that we wake up every day preparing for what we know is coming in the judgment seat of Christ, knowing that we're going to meet him, knowing that the fire is going to be put to our whole life? Would you raise your hand if that's you? You know you've lived your day every day. You wake up like that. Now, obviously... I ask you to bow your heads. You're not looking around, but if you're thinking, don't worry. Pretty much nobody, almost nobody raised their hand on that second question. We know that truth, but we're not walking and living. We're not thinking, listen, we're going to stand before Jesus one day. And yes, it will be worshiped throughout all eternity, but there will be that moment where our life will be judged. Not salvation just whether well done good and faithful servant whether we've built our life upon the firm foundation that we're just singing about let's make a commitment to intentionally live each day not just trying to get through the day not just trying to survive but to thrive and to build that which will last to have a life that is fireproof that each day we can look back and see you know what Jesus will be the judge but I think this is gold and this was silver and this was precious stones today Lord Jesus help us to live the truth that we know to walk in that truth that we know and to not be uncomfortable with messages like this about this and not have regrets but instead know that by your power working in us you bring about that which is gold silver and precious stones Jesus we surrender to you make our life fireproof in your name